0: Hey Julian, I'll tell you what's been fascinating me this week. Yeah? Yeah. Flying giraffes. I beg beg your pardon? Flying what? Flying giraffes called Jeffrey. You've lost me, Mike. Yeah, listen, I I could try and explain it a little bit now, but I'll tell you what we could do. Uh I know somebody called Nicola who knows and is involved a lot more in the whole flying giraffe, giraffes on tour. Jeffrey thing. Oh, Oh, Nicola Jarvis. Yeah. Brilliant. Let's get her on.
1: Hi, I'm Mike Brampton. And my name is Julian Ho. Welcome to Veterinary Ramblings. Let's Let's talk about cocktails. What's your favourite cocktail?
2: Well... Gosh, that's a dreadful answer, really. I don't drink awfully very much, and I'm ashamed to say I've reached the age where it hurts a lot the next day, and I didn't think that age came, but it really does, doesn't it? Yeah, 25 can
1: be a tough age.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I, I feel it, but, yeah, I am a rather big fan of caffeinated drinks, so I'm afraid I do like a a vodka Red Bull. Other brands are available. Oh, that's our line. Oh, sorry. Okay, yes. Add that in. We can make it we'll, look like your line yeah, in,
1: we'll in the cast. We'll have your voice, but my, we'll lip sync to it. Yeah. fine.
2: Oh, should we do that now? That sounds really cool.
1: <laughs>
2: um, wait, but yeah, I suppose a mojito, rather nice. Because I thought tonight was all about gin, and I know that you promote the local ones, I even bought one of the local bottles with me. Oh, what you got? What you got? Look at this. Oh, Norfolk gin. It's lovely. What a cool funky look at, bottle. Look at that for a bottle. That's, That's an amazing bottle. bottle. What's really cool about them is you can go and get your bottles refilled. <laughs> oh, so
1: just because some viewers don't <laughs> view, they listen instead. What, yeah. what Nicholas just shown us is a lovely, yeah. what, what would you call it? A sort of clay uh, bottle, pottery yeah, bottle? Yeah,
2: it's sort of pottery or earthenware. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: With with a... Pretty the pretty. top, very much like the old Grolsch bottles.
2: It is, yeah. I was
1: yeah. going to say other varieties are available, but they're not yeah. without a
0: bottle. Yeah. So we've got a Grolsch bottle top on it, and it's Norfolk spring spring-loaded cork stopper.
2: Spring-loaded. Yes. Mm, yeah. I mean, once you open it, you might not want to bother putting the top back in. But, yeah.
0: I wonder whether we should draw
1: you back into to, to more of a, a serious theme. And I wonder, would it be
0: appropriate, Mike, to ask... This question, question. A difficult question. question. Yeah, Well, you we? We've already asked one difficult question, and I
1: know. See, we 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 always do this, Nicola. I, I I shy away from asking the difficult questions. Mike asks <laughs> it so well, that I get a bit nervous okay. about in case I, you might,
2: I might have to look serious then.
0: Yes, look serious. serious.
2: I'm I'm quite worried about the gravity of the question now, Nicola. I phone a friend.
0: Then so you mm-hmm. won't need to phone a friend. Do a 50 or okay. even ask the audience. Brilliant. And so, summing up the courage here now, because I, I need to ask you, Nicola, what's your favourite bread?
2: Unquestionably, I would say sourdough.
0: Very, very fashionable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very. Good yeah, good one. Yeah. So
2: I had, a, I had a, a starter culture because I did use it for a while that used to live in the fridge. He was called Sebastian. He was a lovely star to do, but you needed to feed him once a week to keep him healthy to make your bread. And I'm embarrassed to say, I went away and I forgot Sebastian, and he oh. didn't. He didn't pull through.
1: Didn't make it, did he?
2: He didn't make it, and uh, yeah, it makes me quite emotional to think about him. He there, he was alone in the fridge in the dark while I was away.
1: Yeah. I should say, if uh, anyone again. here listening has lost a, a ferment or a starter, then grow up, come on, you can <laughs> grow another one. Sorry, sorry, that was oh, don't cut that out. Then, then there is help available to you.
2: There is. Visit
1: there. www. have lost my sourdough starter. dot
2: com. And if they need to talk, they can get in touch. I I just remember throwing Sebastian away and. Yeah, it was very painful. That's
1: because all fruitful, isn't it? Yeah. That's incredible.
2: Do, when do you that, said it was a difficult question, I bet you had no idea how difficult.
1: It's, we've we've made people cry with that question. We didn't. Oh. We, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost, almost crying now. You do bake a lot though, don't you?
2: I do. I do. I absolutely love it. It's such a contrast to the day job. And you don't have to think you can just be in your own little world. And even if I make something that goes wrong, you learn from it. Regardless of what I make, if I take it into work and I say to everyone, oh gosh, I cooked that at slightly the wrong temperature. I mean, it all gets <sighs> in seconds anyway. And everyone's always really pleased. And it just sort of it brightens Mondays. If you take yeah. a bit of cupcakes or cheese straws on a Monday, it just brightens everybody's day. And, and I had a nice time doing the cooking and I used to be quite not very brave, I'd just stick to recipes and now I've got a little bit braver and I've done some hobbyist cooking courses. And then years ago by sheer accident, I got accidentally talked into making a wedding cake and then
1: <laughs> yeah. and
2: later I was I was telling some friends in, in, in my gym, You'll never guess what! I'm making a wedding cake, and they, they bless them, they got the wrong end of the stick and said, "We didn't know you make wedding cakes. Will you do ours?" So <laughs> <laughs> this it all went a bit spirally, and so I've only ever done them for friends, family. I, I'm I'm not making the cakes for a profit, and very often I'm a guest at the weddings. and but yeah, that's really special when you see the cake all tiered up, and then particularly if people. Don't know. You've made the cake, and maybe they say something really kind, like the cake tastes amazing, or mm. look at that, or are oh, those flowers real? Or yeah, it's, it's really yeah. It just makes you really beam and really smile. And I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm very nervous when I'm driving the yeah. cake to the venue. That's yeah. That's...
1: You go around corners very slowly, don't you?
2: I, it's it's like I drive like someone way beyond my years. My I'm just pottering about and uh, yeah, very gently there. And some of the cakes that I've made, again, they're always just for friends, family, charity, that sort of thing. But some of them have been so big, I've had to get people ca- help me carry the carry it to the car, yes. of sheer weight.
0: When are we going to see you on the Great British Bake Off then? Because
2: I'd love thanks. to. To have the yeah.
0: responsibility of baking the centrepiece for a friend's <laughs> wedding, that shows an above average level of confidence in your abilities.
2: Oh, well, bless you. That's very kind. Um, when it first started, I definitely had full-on imposter syndrome about, you You know, we as vets do so often we have imposter syndrome of things, don't we? It can be about presenting or or somebody asking you to write something and you're like, gosh did they mean to send it to me they quite sure and um and, and it, you know, we,
1: is there another nicola the jarvis
2: <laughs> <laughs> and um you i think you spend most of your time feeling like that it doesn't matter how old you <laughs> are, how many years you've been qualified it sometimes you're fine and then it'll come over you in a way you've And I think with the cakes and the baking, it was knowing that in actual fact, (laughs) provided I didn't accidentally give everybody E. coli, (laughs) life life and death wasn't involved. Do you know what I mean? And and just saying, okay, if I've stayed up till eight o'clock at night and I'm not happy, I'm going to stay up till three in the morning and rebake something. And because I have got that time and I've got that. Motivation and you, yeah, you can redo, love it. You
1: can redo it in much the same way as you can't redo colonic surgery on a horse.
2: Exactly, hundred percent, a hundred percent. And if you've got the the taste right and that sort of thing, the only downside that has happened now on, I think three occasions, which is pretty awful, is. I've been so behind getting to the venue and tearing up the cake and making it look exactly as I look. I haven't actually made it to the wedding. So, but (laughs) yeah, I've made three people's weddings. So um, it turns out you can't make the cake and go to the wedding as a guest. It doesn't quite work. That's sort of like
0: you can't make the cake and eat it then.
2: That's right.
0: Yeah, Mm -mm.
2: I mean, you can't make the cake and eat it. That's a, a diamond spiral. But I have applied to the Bake Off a couple of times, actually. Yeah, but but obviously never got far enough down down the route. Yeah, I would love to keep trying, but I don't know if you both know, but a number of years ago, a veterinary surgeon was on there. She did really well, I really well. She got to the final, I recall. And sometimes they have a little special edition, like they do a Christmas and a a New Year, and she got invited back to do one of those. That's always a sign that they really rated her skills and her personality. So, uh, yeah, so she did brilliantly. So it shows it's possible if you... Got lots of trying, but yeah, but she was really skilled. She was really yes, skilled.
0: By the I sound think. of it, so are you.
2: Put it this way, I'd love to ask her for lots of tips. So uh, why yeah.
0: not? What I need to ask you here, then, as your sourdough starter had a name, do you name all of your cakes?
2: I don't name all of my cakes. No, I don't. I don't. Sebastian it's was was special because when you open the fridge, you'd often groan a bit.
1: They do adopt so, their own little characters, don't they, sourdough? They do. It?
2: They do. And if you look after them, the smell is amazing. I actually think mm. it's just So, no, I don't tend to name cakes and that. Yeah, ju- just stick to Sebastian. Okay. Um,
1: Although after a particularly tricky cake, it's that bastard thing, isn't it?
2: I I have had one whereby I needed to do a naked cake. You. So a naked cake is when basically the sides of the cake are exposed and they do look so beautiful. And, and when I got asked to make this, I I was like, oh, brilliant. This has surely got to be easy because you haven't got to get your fondant and everything smooth and perfect and these beautiful edges. I I was like, awesome. What I hadn't figured on is because you can see the sides of the cake. Every single sponge has got to be perfectly colour matched, else it looks really obvious. Yes. If it was a yeah, so I can't tell you the number of extra sponges I made whilst trying to colour match it. They were literally the entire house was a sea of sponge.
1: I make a lot of cakes as well. I find there's a limit to the volume that you can yes. s- successfully make sponge, the, yeah. the, it, and it becomes a law of diminishing returns, doesn't it? You, you, I make twice the amount or yes. four times the, amount of the the radius of the, of the cake yeah. mix and then you eat, oh that's too much and so it doesn't rise properly or, or what
2: yeah. you think is going to
1: be five cake mix you then uh-huh. cook them all together and you're putting too much in the oven at once you haven't put it out enough oven yeah then the ones towards the top will burn and you'll still get a soggy skewer in the middle oh nightmare
2: no, it nightmare it. So I used to make large amounts of mixture and pi- pile it all in and do it like in the books and then mm. cut the sponge into the layers. I don't know. I cook each individual layer.
0: You don't just do wedding cakes, do you? You made cakes for a book launch.
2: I did. I did. Um, mm. it, was a really, it was a really special book launch, actually. I, I was so blessed to be asked. It was to do with a, a charity called Giraffes on Tour. Can I stop um, you for a second?
0: One of, one, of, one of my hobbies when I get the opportunity is to go off to places like North Wales, climb mountains, and yes. take photographs of low-flying military aircraft. So you know. And I, I don't know that I've got one in my camera, but certainly some of my friends have taken photographs into the cockpits of military aircraft, yeah. And sometimes the pilots and the navigators will have a bit of fun with the photographers on the hill, and sometimes yeah. they'll put a flag in the cockpit. But on other occasions, as I understand it, animals from the African savanna have been included. Would you let's go back to this book? It's Jeffrey. <laughs> oh, it's Wait, Jeffrey. The, Nicole's holding up a rather cute,
1: cuddly toy giraffe at the moment yeah. called Jeffrey. Oh, Jeffrey.
0: Yeah. Tell us more. Tell us all about it, please.
2: Oh, if you don't mind, I'd love to. Please. There is a a wonderful charity called Giraffes on Tour, and it was set up by the parents of a beautiful little girl, Louise Conway, who very sadly passed away with leukaemia. Rare type that was the prognosis was tricky, and Great Ormond Street Hospital did absolutely all they could. Now, when she was first found to be ill and she was referred there, on the way in, her parents stopped at the shop and they bought her a cuddly giraffe toy and she named it Jeffrey, and it became her constant companion throughout all of her treatment. So it it meant the absolute world to her. And after she passed away, because her her father was a um, a, a real enthusiast for planes and and noticed that a lot of the planes did have things like giraffes and other mascots there and then with the help of his friends and colleagues through these clubs they came up with the idea of using giraffes very much like Louise's beloved giraffe Jeffrey and yeah they created a a charity called Giraffes on Tour and the whole point is it's supposed to be really good fun so anyone who wants to join in they've got a Facebook group and you don't have to have one of the original styles of giraffes or but any giraffe even like a little sort of model or a little Lego model or a little sort of cutout picture. And it's just you try and take him on holiday with you or to like I did, cookery courses, or days out, or <laughs> if you're into aviation, can you can you see if you can get Jeffrey into a plane or to and What's beautiful is everyone in 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 the Facebook group is just so kind. It, it, it's just lovely. Do you know what I mean? There's no badness or yeah. Everyone's just so excited for the crazy things that their Jeffrey gets up to, and they've got a they've got a website. So if anyone would like to have a look, have a look at their website. It's really fun. There are even things on there like there's free downloads of <laughs> pictures of Jeffrey for kids to colour in. But obviously, if you'd like to buy some merchandise, they're very low-cost items, and they have two beautiful children's books. Again, all very low-cost, all proceeds going to Great Ormond Street. I think they're just short of £45,000 raised so far. Wow. And One of my very dear friends, Karen... She actually wrote the two children's books, and they are genuinely beautiful. Illustrations in there are second to none. But some of the things Jeffrey has gotten up to—they're they're, they're mind-boggling. Our late Queen, in her jubilee flyover, as she waved from Buckingham Palace, Jeffrey was in the Lancaster bomber. <laughs> oh so, so well. Yeah, we're not talking small stuff. He was also Good. on coronation day. As you recall, the weather was awful and the flyover had to be downgraded a little. Jeffrey was still in it. He was still up there. I forget. I think he may have been in one of the helicopters that was allowed to still fly. He's been out with the Red Arrows multiple times. They organised, and this blows my mind, uh, from Bryce Norton, they organised a plane to take off. And you could book a seat for your giraffe. And in the end, over 291 toy giraffes took to the air in this plane and they had pictures of them all at check-in and going through security because they, obviously they all had to be x-rayed on the way in and yeah they've got videos from the flight of people walking up and down and just every seat is a toy giraffe and it's just beautiful and crazy he's been across the Atlantic with the R.E.F. Atlantic flyers they rode across mm. the Atlantic for charity and then my contribution so far is he has been to Le Manoir de Castison to the Raymond Blanc cookery school. Mm. And yeah, first to of the cookery school, who were beyond amazing. Big thumbs up to Rebecca Boast, who is a senior tutor there. She managed to get Jeffrey to cook with Raymond Blanc. Incredible! Yeah, it's the most fun, it's just plain fun. So, um, do you know, this is—it's amazing. I like I've,
1: it. It's so easy. If you're listening to this, it's incredibly easy to donate. I've just done it. You go on oh, to giraffesontour.co.uk. There's one of these little QR codes. You just aim your phone at it, and and there we go. You just get a nice get a out of do, do, don, donating. It's—I love it. I love the idea as well. Mm-hmm. I do a similar thing. I haven't got a I haven't got a giraffe, but I have got a a tape here called Ponder, And there's Ponder sitting on a stile. Oh, my
2: goodness. Sharing
1: yes. a cup of coffee with me. And uh, this is in North Wales. Yes. Um, and I'm wondering now whether Ponder should have a little friend, another little Jeffrey.
2: That so. would be so awesome. Yeah, and, and it's so sweet the way everyone gets on board because the cookery school gave me the Raymond Blanc bear. Oh, wow. well wow. On a slightly different note, my interest in bears. And jaguar gave me a jaguar e-racing bear
1: blimey <laughs> wow hold on we're we moving up in another completely different direction aren't we
2: because we're getting
1: <laughs> into your, your interesting cars
2: yeah I, cars just make you smile don't they they, they do just, they wait, do i get so, easily, easily distracted by, by cars and just even actually this sounds awful even people's number plates i find them quite fascinating really my car obsession started before I could drive every time bro got a new car I'd be thrown in the passenger seat and mm. um, yeah the whole thing just became so much fun and then I'm very blessed to have owned a couple of old Jaguars Sebastian was actually named after Sebastian Vettel who at the time was smashing a lot of championships and that sort of thing? So, uh, Yeah, <laughs> hence, hence alluding to my love of Formula One. So, hey, very- Nicola, other than baking Hello.
1: cakes, racing fast cars, giving your dog too many peanut butter and banana treats,
2: yes, what, that's What correct. do you do?
1: Oh, and and taking uh, Jeffrey round uh, the world with taking you. Taking
2: Jeffrey Rans.
1: What what do you do to pay for all the uh, all the peanut butter treats? Oh.
2: Uh yes, yes. A lot of peanut butter is being consumed right now, so sorry for any background noise, but the dog had awoken, come posturing in, walked past the laptop, taken the cables with it. I managed to rescue you before you both shot off the table into the abyss. Wow, um, that, was good. that was good. Yeah, and um, it was almost seamless. Do you know what I mean? It was only oh. a brief look of panic. So I, I, th-
0: I didn't realise we were all roped in then and, and had oh. our no. life jackets on. Hello. And, uh,
2: yeah, yeah. It's like another climbing trip gone slightly wrong, isn't it? Oh. So um, D- just
1: like everyone for me. <laughs>
2: um. Yes, yeah, so I'm 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 really blessed. I work at Red Wings Hall sanctuary in Norfolk. And it to be honest, this all came about as the most glorious kind of accident many years ago when i first qualified i really did think i wanted to be a small animal surgeon and i don't know if it was just again all circumstances but i found myself getting really interested in 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 horses and there are a lot of wonderful people i've met in the veterinary world that have helped me along that route Um, really really great support and mentors and just found myself getting more and more into horses and and then I, I don't know if you know the wonderful Graham Dunkerson, who, who uh, yeah. now writes books and and speaks on dentistry, super, super chaps. I went to work for a mixed practice there and very much like so many other people I met in my life. So very much, you know, you can do this. Come on, you can do this. I was doing sort of large animals with them, but Graham and Chris and many of the other lovely people there was gently helping me towards this. Goal of working with horses, and I remember a day when the vet records had arrived. Back when we all had it in paper format, and, mm. and a, uh, yeah, Rossdale's and Newmarket had advertised its first ever internship, and Graham Graham told me looking at it, and rather than discouraging or whatever. He said, "You want supplies, don't you?" And I said, "I'd love to." I just... and he said, "We well, best get you passing under Shaquille tubes and doing this and doing that before you go." And the support was—do you know what I mean? The whole—I yeah. was, yeah. was so blessed. So I did the internship. That at the time was a two-year internship, and obviously, you had incredible mm. people there. Like Tim Greet was there at the time, and
1: oh, Tim was amazing, isn't
2: he? Yeah, I said, yeah. Legend. There were so many legends there. I feel awful if I miss anyone out, but they they were all so supportive, um, and a, and a wonderful gentleman Rob Pillsworth, um who, you know, in later years was really supportive, giving me help and encouragement, suggesting I do some lecturing, which, mm-hmm. well, so I wouldn't have decided to do that. Uh, it, it's amazing how many people help you along the way, and sometimes when you sit down and you look back at at what's happened you realize how many amazing people just gave you the push and just said come on you can do it it's all right no one's gonna buy it'll be fine and and yeah so I then after I left there I did some locum work really blessed again to Locum at all sorts of places. I did a locum down at Liphook and some mixed practices. And and I did a series of locums at Red Wings Horse Sanctuary. And I'd met them when I worked in Norfolk for Graham. And obviously thought they were wonderful. And there was a, another veterinary surgeon there at the time, Nick, who was super chap and was like, okay, I'm away for a little while. Do you want to come and locum? And I just, you get hooked and before mm. you do know it, that's so when they rang me and said, would you like a proper job? I was like, yes, please. That would be really lovely. Obviously, that was many years ago. Now, I think I joined them in about 1996.
1: Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, a little while ago.
2: Little, little, little while ago. And um, yeah, so started on a locum and, and yeah, still haven't found the gate to get out. So, um, but like, <laughs> j- joking aside, I've been very lucky. The team there are incredible. People come there because they want to work there. And sometimes mm. even people have maybe left and gone into. Other practices, but then come back because the atmosphere is lovely. There's a whole team of really skilled um, super vets. Um, we have qualified veterinary nurses. We have student veterinary nurses. We have vet nursing assistants, um, and that's just the vet teams. Mm. So you then got all of the wider teams, and the skill set is. I'm just so proud because, for instance, we've got a whole department. Um, Dedicated to rehabilitation training, and so you're not alone. If if there's a very feral horse and it's very difficult to um, inject because of its mm. life experiences or its lack of handling, there are skilled teams that are experts in behaviour working on those horses and bringing them along in this lovely humane way, so that we can inject them and we can inject them then without restraints and with lots of kind methods. Um, we've got our welfare teams that go out on um, the rescues uh, really? are often involved in, hopefully sometimes it's just guidance and advice to people, but it may go all the way down to uh, prosecutions, yeah. the farm care teams, because we've got just short of 1,500 horses, donkeys, mules, et cetera. So you can imagine the care wow. team that are involved.
1: 1,500?
2: Oh, yes, there's a lot of sites, um, but yet the staff on the farms will still talk about the horses as individuals. And then every staff member has got their favourite horses. And I think that's really lovely. I can, think that's really lovely. Can we
0: wind this back just a little bit, Nicola? I'm loving the enthusiasm and <laughs> you're sharing lots and lots of details here. But th- yes. this place is called Red Wings.
2: Yes, Red Wings Horse Sanctuary.
0: Horse yeah. Sanctuary, okay. so. I know nothing about horses. They bite and kick, apart Good from points. that.
2: Good points. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. But apart from and,
2: Until they've been to our behaviour team, though.
1: Ah, they don't. Okay. Do. So they what still is... bite and kick me. They do.
2: Okay. What, what exactly
0: Mike. is Red Wings?
2: So Red Wings is a charity that was... Um, it, it, it sort of came about... In 1984, the, um, the original founder, it all began with one horse, Shiva, who I actually met. That's how long I've worked with. It. <laughs> um, oh gosh, show my age here. And gradually over the years, obviously it has grown. It is entirely publicly funded, which is obviously just such a much credit to mm. our supporters. It, it really is. We're very blessed. And... Over the years, it's kept evolving, which is something that's really lovely because we, for many years now, we home horses, which we didn't do originally. And obviously, rehoming horses is an incredible thing to do. It's lovely for the individual horse. It also means it frees up a space for another horse to be rescued should the need arise. And I think it's lovely and motivating for the staff as well. Do you know what I mean to prepare the Mm. horse? to that stage. And some of the transformations are incredible. It might have been a rescue that came in completely emaciated with severe uh, sciathostomiasis and, you know, sort of on the brink of whether or not the horse was going to make it. And then years later, it's actually in, in a guardian home with an owner and we, we get to see the photos. So quite an incredible process. Um, we have visitor centers over the UK um which is again wonderful the thing I love about it is they're so accessible so they're free to visit which is lovely and again half terms and holidays it's always great to have things you can do with the kids that don't cost a lot of money and again being outdoors is nice when you've got players yeah. and interacting with horses Um, uh, we've got quite a few horses that are genuinely friendly and do want to come and see you um and uh they're nice they want to pick me Yes, they, 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 obviously they've got your number. I, yeah. I can tell. So, it, so we only have horses come into us if they come via the police, RSPCA, or local councils. It, it's not a retirement home. Okay. It, it's it's the horses are genuine sort of welfare cases and serious cases coming in, but there are a lot of wonderful equine charities across the country, but we're one of the ones that's able to offer sanctuary for life. If that horse can't be rehomed, which is, which is something that is obviously very needed. Mm-hmm. Hence we do have quite a few older horses and quite a few horses with very challenging behavioral needs. Um, yeah. because it's not always possible to rehabilitate every horse to the level where it could go to a home but you can rehabilitate it to the level where it can have a really happy life at the sanctuary. So like, last
0: last week we had wonky dogs, and now we've got wonky donkeys.
2: I'm not going to lie, we do have some wonky donkeys. <laughs> it's, it's 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 very true, and uh, the odd wonky pony. Um, but but yeah, we 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 do have some quite interesting cases come in, and I think that's. And and I think the change from when the horse first comes in, obviously it's the welfare teams that they have their own veterinary surgeons concentrating in that area. That are responsible when the horses very first come in, unless it needs to be brought immediately to the vet unit, whereupon everybody's in there to help. But yeah, when you get a horse that pulls through it, it's incredible. It's just an incredible experience. Yeah. Amazing. It must be amazing.
1: amazing. Yeah. Aside, I, I, horses don't like me. I do love them. They don't love me at, at all. Yeah. I, I started off in mixed practice and after three years, I lost count of the number of accidents I'd had um I thought no let's stick to things that, that bite fair enough but but yeah, not not kick as well.
2: They do so see you did in what I did in reverse I started out thinking it was going to be the smalls and then go across but yeah if if nobody minds me saying as well if there is anyone UK based who is interested in Potentially becoming a guardian for one of our horses, obviously, please do visit our website because we only rehome in areas slightly more local to our visitor centres. But that 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 covers an awful lot of counties. And we really do have some fabulous horses, even included some youngsters that then you know, if a guardian feels really confident they can bring on themselves, more of a project horse or horses that have already been bought under saddle or just a companion horse for their, their competition horse. And uh, yeah, and w- we've often managed to win some nice rosettes at various shows with our rescue horses. And there are amazing pictures where we get, so, to, get to see those. Brilliant.
0: Uh, so if one, somebody wants to get involved, or, mm-hmm. or or show an interest, or or help, or or whatever whatever level, what's the what's the best method of getting in touch?
2: Oh, bless you! Thank you for asking. Yeah, it would be our main website, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which is a brand new one, which has just been launched. So it's really lovely to navigate around, mm-hmm. and that, literally just type Red Wings Horse Sanctuary in, and it'll come straight up as the first hit. Um, but it's got everything about there about if you'd like to uh, adopt a horse as a present funnily enough the horse doesn't turn up in the post I think most people (laughs) are comfortable with that but obviously it's not
1: like one of those subscriptions where you get a bit each month good because that would be awful
2: Uh, yeah I I think the RSPCA may, may question their relationship with us if that happened but but yeah uh, or if somebody's interested in actually being a guardian to a horse or wants to get involved with fundraising and obviously we have a shop as well with lots mm-hmm. of goodies in there and there's a lovely links so you'll find them on the website to a podcast which oh. would like
1: you're not being
2: competition to your wonderful selves oh, no, really uh, but for for anyone that would like to have a listen and find out a little bit more about mm-hmm. the sanctuary it's called so- sounds of the sanctuary so Ooh, sounds good yeah sounds good yeah yeah, so, I'm, yeah. I'm
1: having a look at the uh, the website now and it's a good looking website love Thanks. horses love red wings
2: yeah uh, yeah 5, that's
1: a huge number of yeah. yeah of horses and donkeys isn't it
2: yeah, and, and it's, it is quite um, challenging because it's really important that you bring the right horses together such that they've got compatible needs, mm-hmm. but also to respect their friendship groups. So sometimes, <laughs> do you know what I mean? If, if two horses are completely bonded, we're not going to try and separate them. So it, yeah. it, it may be a case of trying to work, how can we manage two very different horses um, yeah. and, and keep yeah. them together um, you know so very often you'll have uh, fields that have got little extra corrals on them so horses can come off for extra fees when others don't need it and uh, yeah the, the staff are doing an amazing job and we, we've had recent heavy flooding and our site in um, Scotland as you can imagine was quite badly affected mm. of course uh, yeah yeah. Yeah. So, and so, but the team, the, 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 the resolve and the sense of humor was just, just incredible because, yeah, they had quite serious flooding there. Not yeah. easy, not easy at all. So, yeah. No,
0: horses don't like flooding.
2: No, <laughs> no. no,
0: not at all. I, I was thinking it'd be, it'd be a shame if you got two horses and they both were watching the aeroplanes and decided they wanted to fly. And then one got the call from the Navy and the other got the call from the RAF. And they'd have to separate can oh, Or even crazy. worse, one's that's colorblind. Yeah. That's yeah. a
2: really good point. One oh. fails
0: his pilot's yeah. exams. Oh, gosh, it'd be awful, wouldn't it? That would be terrible. That would be terrible. Because
2: yeah, if yeah. they both join the Marines, they get a little bit of everything. Maybe that's the way for. They could
0: probably do that because they're well armed horses.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nicola,
0: you, you mentioned they're doing lectures and stuff. Yes. And <laughs> we've learned a lot from you tonight. Mm. And, um, You claim to be well aware as to what we get up to on veterinary ramblings because you're so well versed with with the format of veterinary ramblings. You will, of course, have come across our trademark speciality, 60 Second CPD, won't you, Nicola?
2: I have come across it. I'm slightly Uh, afraid, but I have come across it. Yes. Afraid? There's nothing
0: to be afraid of. I've, I've got a clock and everything, Look, and, 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 and I can count you down and, and everything. All right, well, I'll formally ask you then. Nicola Jarvis, are you up for our 60-second CPD challenge?
2: I am officially up for the 60-second CPD challenge.
0: Wonderful. What would you like to do your 60-second CPD on?
2: Top tips for feeding the older horse.
0: Oh, I might actually, I might actually be able to remember that. So some of the titles of the CPD, <laughs> I, I sort of forget. So when I introduce it, I, I muck yeah. it all up and, and sort of have to ad lib. Yeah. And, and, and I feel very sorry for the, uh, the presenter who's going to present 60 seconds on that. So um, I think I might be able to remember that one. Nicola Jarvis. Yep. Yeah. 60 seconds yeah. on top tips for feeding the elderly horse. Your yeah. time starts now.
2: Great news. A healthy older horse with good dentition can be fed exactly the same as a younger adult horse because ageing is not a disease. Observation. Absolutely key. If there's weight loss, observe that horse in a field, in a stable, eating all types of food. You'll be amazed how many times an owner didn't know their horse was quidding because the field mate was eating the quids. Teeth. They're the only part of the gastrointestinal tract that shorten forage length. So basically, check poos. If there's long fibres in it, there's something wrong with the teeth. Or if they pass droppings followed by a little gravy jus, something wrong with the teeth. You need to sort it out. Don't underestimate EOTRH. It's not as rare as we'd like it to be. Before reaching for a supplement, remember the basic ration needs to meet the needs of the horse. And most of our basic rations don't. A forage balancer gives the protein, mineral and vitamins a horse is probably short on. And osteoarthritis don't underestimate the effect on the weight of the horse.
0: Very good.
1: Brilliant. Brilliant. Very good. I, I like, Brilliant.
2: and I think
0: I'd like, to, I'd like to reinforce one of the points you made during the 60 Second CBD, and that mm. is that age is not a disease. No, no.
1: It may look like one. <laughs> not saying it does be like not. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Or, or, or me. Certainly not the unique. No, it can't, it, it's not a disease. It's not.
2: Not a, It's not a disease. And I know the purists, the purists get very into what terminology? Um, because obviously we, we interchangeably use the words like old horse, aged horse, geriatric horse. But... Mm. T- technically geriatrics is the study of disease in old age and so actually really we should always say old horse aged horse and 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 I think you know but I often I often swap them over so so I'm 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 a hypocrite myself so yeah I often swap them over because I just don't think about it or 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 you're given that as your title. You're given that as the title, the geriatric horse. But it's, yeah, it's so crucial to to remember that if they've got great teeth and if they haven't got anything physically wrong with them, you can just feed them like a like a normal horse. Yes. And, and, and,
1: and you mentioned there was an acronym or an abbreviation you mentioned.
2: Yes, yeah. It's EOTRH. It stands for Equine Odontoclastic Tooth Reabsorption and Hypersomontosis. And like so many things, when I went to university, I wasn't taught this one. Mind you, there's quite a lot that when I went to university, (laughs) like like, no one used the word "sirs" for systemic. Do you know what I mean? Inflammation. Nobody used the word "sirs," and nobody used. There's so many words and 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 new things that have been found. It's yeah,
1: absolutely. I I diagnosed my brother's dog as having dish the other day. Dish that D- disseminated uh, idiopathic skeletal hyperostosis.
2: Oh my goodness. Oh my so, goodness. I uh, did.
1: Means a lot of spondylosis across the
2: spine. Oh my goodness.
1: But I had, had heard of it before. Yeah. But I had to look it up. I thought, that's, there's there's a name for this, isn't there? There's
2: a name. Yeah.
1: So I looked it up. But yeah, it's dish. And then five minutes later, I was able to see with quite a degree of uh, certainty. things. not dish. Yeah, this is genetically uh, anyway. So tell us about um yeah.
2: GDP, GDP, yeah, E-O-T-R-H. So um it was it started to be spoken about quite a few years ago, but I think everyone thought it was quite rare. So it's a disease, nobody knows quite why it happens, although I suppose give it a few years and maybe we will. Um and it 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 does happen in in a variety of ages of horses, but pretty much in older horses and it's where the sort of roots mainly of the upper and lower incisors start to become affected they start to almost like dissolve um and yeah. you get horrible gingivitis around the area. it can also affect the canines and the sort of first premolars as well can all be affected, but m- most commonly it is these incisors and yeah. The thing about it is it is exquisitely painful and yes. Yeah, so, and you can only really, you can, you can get an idea. They might have it. Everyone talks about the, the carrot test that if you offer the horse a carrot and if it can't bite the carrot, then maybe there's, 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 there's pain there. Or if you just lightly tap on the teeth, you, 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 you get a, a more exaggerated reaction than you expect, yeah. um, But because it is so painful and because in its early stages, it might not be that obvious, it can really impact on appetite, particularly, I suppose, when you think about it nowadays, very often um, we feed hay in nets and maybe if the horse needs to lose a few pounds, we've maybe got quite small holes in the net, but if if those incisors are immensely painful they're really going to struggle with that and their routine grazing they're going to struggle and that sort mm. of thing. um they might be okay on long grass but not so okay on the really short grass so it is really really important and um i remember the the very first time i diagnosed one again i thought oh gosh how rare that i've you know found this and what a good job i read the paper and that sort of thing but as the years have gone by, now I'm seeing it a lot, and and it must have been there in other horses, but I didn't see it, and I I I didn't know. Yeah,
1: yeah. I wonder how many I missed in those three years it's, of mixed practice. What treatment can you give them?
2: This sounds really drastic, but at the moment, the mainstay treatment is to extract the affected teeth. Lots of things have been tried, antibiotics, or just managing it with anti-inflammatories, but that it's very obvious that the horse is in so much pain. Literally, they say it's exquisite pain. And you can also get the teeth become really mobile once it gets really advanced. They can fracture off as well. So you've just got little stubs left in there. You get abscesses bursting out. It it, it really is. The advanced ones are really obvious to what's going yeah. on. But the early ones, you do need the x-ray. But I think once owners are see the results, Then they're a lot more comfortable because I I think if there's a condition and 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 the only thing the vet can say to you is well I'm going to take them all out. I mean that sounds really radical. It sounds like it's going to be a very inhumane thing to do, and no owner particularly wants that for the horse. Of course they don't. But the demeanor of the horse and I think they've I do apologise because I I maybe should have thought to sort of work out. But there's been a paper very very recently. About showing the change in demeanor of horses that have had, had the teeth taken out and really? and and how much happier they are and the weight they put on and it is very recently published um and so you only need really warn the owner that um if you take the lowers out they will have a hanging out tongue sometimes yeah so that only really only
1: awesome. really makes them more endearing, I'm sure
2: I think it does, I think it does yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. but I've had um yeah, I've had a couple of donkeys recently where we've been sequentially taking the the teeth out because obviously donkeys are very sensitive souls. So I didn't want to rush in there and remove a whole load and then cause hyperlipemia and so. But but yeah, the difference in in the donkey is it, it's great to see. It, it's yeah. great. But yeah. So I think I think we used to think of it as this rare thing, but it but it isn't. It isn't. And and. I mentioned at the end about osteoarthritis and again the impact of that on the older horses regards weight that's another one you can't underestimate it because
1: mm.
2: any source of chronic pain is going to dampen the appetite but horses in order to to consume their food they've got to put their heads down to graze they need to ambulate around of field don't they to get get the growth yeah yeah we we expect them to bite onto a hay net and then the only way they pull the hay is they jerk their head back. And if they've got pain anywhere in their body really impacts on their weight. So again, when it comes to thinking about the old horse and nutrition, if you can just think as holistically as possible as to why you've got the weight loss, because yes, they do get liver disease and yes, they get other diseases, but it's actually very often the very common basic components that will be affecting that older horse. It will be something as simple as they used to be top dog on the fields and over the years, as they age, they've fallen down the pecking order and they're no longer top dog and they're not getting in. And it will be really simple things.
0: I'm going to ask another question here, but it's not to you, Nicola. It's to Julian. Julian, Nicola has given us a fabulous 60-second CPD. Have you got a certificate for her? you know, by some weird coincidence, I have. Fantastic.
1: It says, certificate to say, A is for horses, although other nutrition may be more appropriate. There we go. And so we have, there's a wedding cake. There.
2: Oh, I absolutely love that. That's not yours, is it? Made. I made it.
1: I made it. Yeah, another one we have for our wedding. But I
2: made it. That is superb.
1: There's some little bread, breadsticks, Fugas, If you ever <laughs> make those, they're, they're nice to make. They're good fun.
2: Oh my there's god a, that's amazing.
1: There's there's a there's an horse with a baby horse.
2: I love the horse and the baby horse.
1: Yeah there. I think you might appreciate this one. That is <gasps> that is, is sterling right? moss uh, driving uh, Is that a C type? C type or a D type? Uh, uh, it's a D type I think at um, Goodwood. A few oh years my god. Well
2: that's incredible. There's some hay. Hay, I love um, hay.
1: And there's there's a tapir eating some hay, <laughs> right. uh, and I wonder with this dieirth business, uh, yeah. can occur in older tapirs as well. Be sad if it Why did. Why not? Oh, mm. you, Why wouldn't
2: it? Yeah, that's a really good. I genuinely don't know if it occurs in other ruminants. Like I said, I've seen I, it in, I've seen it in donkeys, but
1: I, I think you, someone needs to fund me to go out and find yeah. out more than happy to
2: and and we could involve polar bear research in there uh, i'm well. sure
1: we could somehow
2: i think that might it's, be like i think taking incisor x-rays of polar bears may be slightly life-threatening and <laughs> <if you> knock <laughs> them out first maybe not yeah maybe yeah. not oh my goodness i love my certificate like that, that that genuinely will it actually turn up do i actually get the actual? i will
1: i will email you the certificate
2: oh yeah of course Literally oh, has made my day. We do it's all better. sorts
0: of stuff like this.
2: So that's well, been you, genuinely you, lovely.
0: You, you obviously read your briefing paper sent by the production team. I did. Now did it include a reflection question?
2: It did. Yes. Awesome. Do,
0: do you have a reflection question for our audience, please?
2: Mm-hmm. I think I I have so many that I don't know where to start. So how
0: about at the beginning?
2: So is coming back to feeding the older horse. And one of the key things I believe to feeding the older horse is observation. And it's literally standing, leaning on a fence, watching that horse, because you're gonna gain so much information from it. But it's a huge time pressure. So I think it'd be really interesting to think about whether or not, maybe with these old horses, we could get our clients to be doing some of this videoing for us and just making that big leap forward.
0: So it's your reflection question then, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: think about how or what excuse you could give to wander off down the bottom of the field and lean over a gate?
2: Yes. That's my my reflection. That's your reflection question, is it? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, no, that, that, that works. Yes, yeah, I, I think that works. That's pretty that Nicola. One, yeah. yeah. Nic- Nicola, it's. Uh, it grieves me to say this. We have really enjoyed talking with you this evening, and we have that's loved. That's not the bit that grieves him to say. That does him to so, say that. That's, that's nice. That's a good bit. We've learned so, so much. The bit that grieves me is to say that I hope that you've enjoyed listening to Nicola and sharing some of her stories. And please remember, click like, share and subscribe because it really makes a difference. And we look forward to you all joining us on Veterinary Ramblings again in our next episode. Nicola Jarvis, thank you so, so much. May your you go so with much. you.
2: Thank May you. It go with it you. Pleasure, pleasure to meet you both. Thank you so much. Pleasure well, was
1: all ours, all ours, completely ours.
2: And cut.
1: Way. How was that? Well, have you enjoyed I yourself.
2: It. I loved it. Yeah. Right. Love-
1: Mike didn't press record, so we've got to do it all over again. Unfortunately.
2: Yay! <laughs> <laughs> no, that honestly, that was just so much fun. But what was what was hilarious is. The sixty-second CVD because when you read it on the thing, you're like, near, please mm. and then you Never. you try and do it. Oh my day, like oh my days, because it,
1: it is a challenge, isn't
2: it? Yes, it's, it's a proper challenge because I thought to myself, right, just just make sure that you like don't try and do a subject. Do do, do like top tips because then if you're starting to lose it, you could always drop one. But then you have to work when you're writing it, you're going, Oh, I don't wanna drop that one. That's one mm. no, no, that's that's one of my points. I'm not dropping that. <laughs> so you're like, No, I have to get it all in and um yeah, yeah. It's it's such good it's such quite super <laughs> You did it really well. You did fantastic. Thank you very things. much. I've been less stressed at B Congress. <laughs> it's been wonderful to meet you you've both been very kind and i really really appreciate it thank you very much
1: much. it's been brilliant meeting you you too yeah you've been lovely thank you thank you so much
2: thank you guys That's